Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from Mucho Mart, discussing the 2015 holiday horror film, Krampus. Krampus was directed by Michael Doherty. He also wrote the film with the help of Todd Casey and Zach Fields. This film is an exploration of the dark side of Christmas, further examining the German legend of Krampus. Despite receiving mixed reviews from critics, Krampus has become a holiday staple for many horror fans. This film was recommended to us by friend of the show and Wendigo Getter patron, Kristen Lofton. Kristen does very insightful book reviews on Goodreads, so go follow her and check her out there at goodreads.com slash Kristen Lofton. Thanks, Kristen. So, what did you guys think of Krampus the first time you saw it? I don't remember the exact like date or whenever we watched <laughs> it, but I remember we watched it here, of course. I mean... Watch a lot of movies here. Yeah. Um, but I really liked this movie. I mm -hmm. really liked it. I remember watching it and being like, oh, this is this is good. You know what I mean? It's a fun little take on them. You know what I mean? On the whole story and everything. Yeah. I think that's probably the most important word with this film is fun. Yes. Yeah. It's a yeah. fun movie. I remember I saw it in theaters maybe once or twice. Mm -hmm. And... It's not my favorite Christmas horror movie, right? But it's the most Christmassy horror movie that <laughs> well, I yeah. think has ever been made. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. They made a real good point. Michael Doherty did about how Christmas horror is typically a guy dressed in a Santa suit killing people. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and so this is really the spirit of Christmas, but in a horror movie, mm -hmm. and it's a very interesting take. But well, I, I loved it. Yeah, and it kind of explores Krampus in a new way. Like, as being the shadow of Santa, right. mm -hmm. instead of, like, his own thing, he's, like, the dark side yeah. of Santa, almost. <laughs> so he's, like, Santa on a bad day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really cool. Um, but, yeah, I don't re remember the first <laughs> time yeah. we watched this either. But I will say that I watch it every year now. Yes, it's a staple. Mm -hmm. It is a Christmas staple yeah. for me, period. We are watching Krampus at least once every December. It's just happening. Mm -hmm. But yeah, ever since the first time I watched it, I've I've always loved this movie. I don't know what it is about Michael Doherty with these holiday-themed films <laughs> with a lot of action packed into such short oh, yeah. runtimes. And this, he got fucking Tony Collette. Like, <laughs> I love her. Oh, first of she's all. the queen. That's one thing she's not utilized in the that <laughs> extent that we're used to. But I'm glad she's here. Yeah, thanks for coming, Tony. <laughs> one thing I will say is there's not really a name for this genre of film, these Christmas horror films. But I would like there to be more of them. You know? Yeah. Um, right, because it's not like a spoof or no. like a, no, it's not like it's a serious movie. Exactly, but with there's some humor. Well, no, yeah, yeah, but it's you know creepy, what I mean, like it's comedic not, yeah. and Christmas. Yeah. yeah, like it's not making fun of no, no. you know, it's um, ho ho horror. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Scary Christmas. <laughs> I like yeah. that. And then for the more secular, I've got Happy Horror Days. <laughs> <laughs> Are any of these secular. doing anything for you? <laughs> Scary Christmas, I think. Is that like is Honda my days? Favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's honestly where I got the idea. Right. I just replaced Honda with horror. Right. <laughs> but I think, I mean, it's such a underrepresented subgenre. These right. holiday horror films. There should be more of them because I like seeing this light idea of Christmas with a darker tone to it. Yeah, kind right. of 
the subversion exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's got to be good, though. You yes. don't want like that Thanksgiving turkey. Oh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the hell it is. Please We're, don't <laughs> request that for us to <laughs> cover. I don't think I can no, put myself through go, it. Go watch Dr. Wolfula's yes. direct views of yes. it. That's all yeah. you need. Don't do that to us. No, or yourselves. <laughs> Now, before we punish this film for being naughty, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's deck the halls. So the film opens on, I guess it's a big box store type of thing, but it looks like a mall. (laughs) And... (laughs) Being Crosby's, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas plays as people rush into the store, trampling and fighting with each other over items and gifts. And then through a reef, we get the title Krampus. I heard they had a lot of trouble securing the rights to these Christmas songs. Oh, really? Yeah. On the commentary, they said they had to prove that it wasn't going to be a straight horror movie or else they wouldn't release (laughs) the the rights to use the songs. Well, that's funny because I read that he had to cut a lot of the horror elements out. Why? They wanted specifically for it to be PG-13 and that his compromise was that Trick or Treat 2 was a hard R and that he would do this PG-13. Well, make Trick or Treat 2. Please. (laughs) (laughs) But the music continues to play as people are full on brawling and it ends with people being like tased by security guards. They looked a little overzealous. (laughs) No, they were. They've been waiting. They've been waiting for Black Friday. Man, that's another thing is Black Friday as a name. Yeah, because I remember when I had my first job was at Target. Mm-hmm. And we called the day after Thanksgiving Black Friday because it was a fucking nightmare and uh-huh. nobody wanted to be there. And then a couple years after that, it was shop our Black Friday. It's like, yeah. no, that is our term. Yeah, term. No. You don't get to capitalize off of that. No, but and they still do. Here we are. Um. It's excellent satire oh, from yeah. the start. Mm-hmm. They don't really keep a satirical tone as it goes on. So this was just a nice little. Uh, yeah. But we see children crying on Santa's lap and Santa just looks fucking over it. <laughs> uh, people stand angrily in line and hand over their money. I think one lady was like crying. Yeah. yeah well, stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, we see a child cowering and crying under a Christmas tree. And then finally, we see a nativity play in complete disarray. Max, played by MJ Anthony, is physically fighting with another kid on stage. <laughs> His sister, Beth, played by Stefania Levy Owen, records on her phone as she laughs from the audience. Their parents, Sarah and Tom, played by Tony Collette, the queen. Oh, yes. And Adam Scott run to the stage. They break up the fight as the other kids in the play are just cheering. Um, We pan back out to the other chaos happening in the mall and it fades to black as the song ends. For me, I I like this opening, but the bad thing is that people really do this. Yes. Mm. Not like mess up a nativity scene, but like... (laughs) I was like, kids are really fucking fighting in these plays. You know, like when they do the shopping and people get really crazy, it's like, damn. But I like that they use that because that's that's what happens. It's kind of a commentary on like, this is what Christmas is is now. This is what it really is. Yeah. Bill Burr always said, there's nothing worth dying for at a Walmart. No. (laughs) 100%. No. The next thing we see, we're at their house and Mm -hmm. we're in a kitchen now with an amazing spread of desserts laid out. And we pan over the desserts to see Tom's mom, Omi, played by Krista Stadler, making cookies. The rest of the family comes in fighting loudly. 
Max is being scolded for fighting by both of his parents. And Max explains that the boy he was fighting told all the first graders that Santa is nothing but a marketing tactic for Coke. So he really had no choice but to fight the kid. Well, he said Pepsi and then he got yeah, it corrected. Yeah. It's like it's, he's never been Pepsi. And no. I, I think the kid's right, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got St. Nicholas, but Santa Claus is like we see him. Yeah. But as Max says, he didn't want it ruined for the younger kids. You got to learn sometime, kids. Well, <laughs> and that's what Sarah says. <laughs> yeah, but well, Tom tells Omi that the cookies look great, but not to work so hard because they already bought some at the store. It's like, goddamn, dude. But I don't feel like that's mean. She already made them. Yeah, but he's like, don't work so hard. I mean, it's polite, right? She already made them. Well, <laughs> he was eating one. I mean, what else? What more do you want from him? <laughs> we learn that Omi speaks German. Tom leaves to take a work call, and Sarah is annoyed with him because he had promised not to work over Christmas. Max asks if they're still going to watch Charlie Brown and wrap Christmas presents, but Tom said that after what he did at the mall, he can do that on his own. <laughs> so... Firstly, I want to call out, I don't understand why it's such a trope for Tom to be an asshole because he's taking a work call. I'm pretty sure if it was up to him, he wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't be be, working. Yeah, Yeah. You know, it's not like he's like, man, I can't wait to work and piss off my wife. Well, I feel like it's just to see like... They're busy. Yeah. The other thing is that Tom says that Max dropkicked that kid. I would have liked to have seen that, right? (laughs) Why'd you cut before that? Yeah. I just saw him slam some snow jimmies into his eyes. (laughs) But Sarah completely ignores his request and leaves the room. Omi comforts him and asks if he's finished his letter. He takes the letter out of his pocket addressed to Santa Claus at the North Pole and says that he started it, but he hasn't finished it yet. From the next room, they hear Beth and Sarah arguing about Beth having to share a room with her cousins. Now, my German professor would be so proud of me because I understood like 95% of what Omi was saying. I was like, you can take those subtitles off. I I don't know. I got it from here. In the living room, Sarah hangs the Christmas photo that they had taken on a wall of Christmas photos from previous years. Beth reminds her that she is the one that said they're the reason some people shouldn't be allowed to breed before stomping off. Sarah looks at the picture and sees that the mall Santa in the picture is just looking at Beth's ass. So Beth is like a teenager, teenager, right? So we'd be calling the mall on this pedo Santa, correct? Yeah. I mean... Someone's losing a job today. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. Exactly. Back in the kitchen, Max asks Omi if she really still believes in Santa. And she says that she does. Santa is what you make of him. And to believe in him is to believe in the true spirit of the holiday. She stops talking and looks a little distracted and then gives Max a cookie. But he seems to notice that she kind of looked a little off. Right. Well, she says something about it being a holiday of sacrifice. And then she just goes into her own (laughs) little world. And she Omi? sits in that world for a little too long. And Max is like, that too. Uh, what's wrong? He's, she's like, here's a cookie. Yeah. yeah. He's like, Sufficiently distracted. <laughs> Make a damn fine gingerbread, Omi. And then they don't bring it's it gone. up. Yeah. Later in her room, Beth is video chatting on her computer with her boyfriend and tells him that everyone is on edge because her cousins are coming. He tries to get her to sneak out and go to his house, but she tells him she's stuck. You want to know something crazy that I found out recently? Hmm. Ryan Johnson did an interview with Vanity Fair, and he kind of let it slip that Apple makes it to where nobody that's in a movie that's using an Apple product can be a villain. And so... What? What the hell? Yeah, if you, it's kind of a like world-breaking thing, yeah. but if you ever see someone with an Apple product, they're not going to be the villain. <laughs> so I'm like, well, Beth's good, because she's using an iMac or whatever, Beth right? Beth is safe. Yeah. But isn't that nuts? That's lame. Yeah. yeah. But just then she hears a rumbling vehicle outside and sighs. 
In his office, Tom pours alcohol into his mug as the rumbling continues. So no, no, nobody's happy. Yeah. No. And I understand family is family and everything, but maybe I'm just, maybe 2020 has hardened me. <laughs> but if I don't want to spend time with someone, I'm not going to, right? <laughs> is that wrong to say? I can get the effort being made. By by everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's obviously not happy. Not yeah. at all. So why are we even putting ourselves through this? Uh, I mean, there wouldn't be a movie otherwise. Right, because <laughs> they have to. T. Right. It's in the script. Fair enough. Max sits at the kitchen table, hurriedly finishing his letter to Santa as the doorbell rings, and he hastily puts the letter in his pocket. Sarah adds candies into the stockings over the fireplace as we hear the family arguing outside. She takes a deep breath, reminding herself that it's Christmas. The next thing we see is her opening the front door with a big smile saying, Merry Christmas, which like she pulled it together. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I wish I had that ability. I wear all my emotions and they'd be like, oh, yeah. she does not want us here <laughs> at all. She greets her sister, Linda, played by Allison Tolman, who I love. She's Fargo. Fantastic. Yes, That's right. Molly yeah. Salverson. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, but her son, Howie, played by Maverick Flack, follows her and hands Sarah a dish of burnt mac and cheese. Lisa's husband, Howard, played by David Keckner, who is also great, <laughs> shoes them out of the way as he comes in with armfuls of presents. Tom tries to help and the presents fall to the ground and we hear glass break. And then he says something like, what, you, you got your butler on, yeah. you know, like he's... <laughs> he came in yeah, yeah. with Starting it. shit. Yes. And Howie, I don't know why, for some reason, I was like, oh, that's the kid from Trick or Treat. I'm like, oh, wait, no. Yeah, no. A decade has yeah. passed. No. <laughs> that kid's probably like 30. Definitely not. But Michael Doherty has a certain type yeah. of kid that he casts <laughs> to be that kid. Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Right? They do look Blonde the same. Hair, yeah. Not talking. Uh, yeah. yeah. Their bulldog, Rosie, comes in, and Sarah is visibly annoyed. Their daughters, Jordan and Stevie, played by Queenie Samuel and Lolo Owen, come in and already look like they don't want to be there. And fun fact, Stevie is Beth's younger sister in real life. They look exactly alike. And once alike. you know it, they're fucking like twins. <laughs> yeah. They look exactly the same. And you're like, well, they're, they're cousins. family. Yeah, yeah. They're family here, so it works. But it's so clear. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Max asks Howie what he asked Santa for this year, and Howie just stares at him blankly. As he tries to engage with him, Jordan and Stevie notice Max's letter to Santa sticking out of his pocket. Unexpectedly, Aunt Dorothy, played by Conchata Farrell, comes in, already scolding them for not shoveling their walk because she could have broken her hip. Why are you going to walk in with a complaint? <laughs> <laughs> like you're setting the tone for the entire... It's, from what we learn of her, it seems very on brand. It's just, yeah. Honestly, people probably think that of me, so I'll... <laughs> I'll God, be quiet. fucking complaining yeah. already. I do want to say at this point, I know we're meeting everybody and there's a lot uh, going on with who's who. Mm -hmm. But I love the cast of this movie. Yes, yes, yes. It seems Absolutely. like everyone was supposed to be who they were in this movie. No, it's mm -hmm. perfect. It, like everybody fits. I, I read that they, whenever they were doing the storyboards, they were drawing basically David Koechner. <laughs> <laughs> and then they eventually did cast him, so it is like yeah, that. Well, I feel oh, like the role is like made like they, for him. Yeah. And I feel like we've like gushed over everybody except for Adam Scott. And Adam Scott is great. Oh he's no, I very will. good. And he's so like funny and his dad energy in this film is <laughs> off the charts. Like he's yeah. he's that, so great in this. And I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I did write that too at one point and I'll I'll say it, but Tony Collette in this movie, I know you said that she's not used yeah. enough or right, but 
I feel differently. I feel like she plays the perfect mom role. And no, I, she does. No, she does. I want, I like, as like, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Your mom. It's <laughs> like, it's, it's like you're, like, I don't know. It's weird. I was like, man, and she I mean, is mom. I was like, that's. <laughs> with an ensemble cast, you can't expect one person to, to shine. You know, because yeah. that wouldn't be fair. So I, I, I understand. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, Perfect, perfect casting all the way around the whole movie. Sarah and Tom look horrified that Aunt Dorothy is there, and Linda's just like, "Surprise! Please don't be mad." <laughs> so she knew. She yeah. knew. She could have warned her, and that's what Sarah says. That's the yeah. issue. Yeah, Aunt Dorothy again scolds Sarah for never coming to see her. Plops her coat in her arms and asks where the eggnog is. She goes into the dining room, looks around, and comments that it looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. Like, why, she's a joint. Why? Yeah. What does <laughs> yeah. it matter? It looks nice. It didn't look it bad. It did look nice. <laughs> yeah. Back at the front door, Tom realizes that his in-laws are a child short. They left their baby, Chrissy, in the car. <laughs> he leaves with Howard to bring in the baby and the baby paraphernalia. And as soon as the door closes behind them, Sarah jumps Linda's ass for bringing Aunt Dorothy without telling her. Understandable. Yeah. Rightfully so. Linda says that she was tricked. They went to Aunt Dorothy's house to drop off gifts and she came to the door with her suitcase. What was she supposed to do? Happy holidays. Right. Yeah. Drive, have a good one. Drive off, yeah. Oh, you have plans too? Cool, yeah, bye. Cool. Where are you going? <laughs> Sarah says she could at least warn her when one of her mistakes is going to become her problem. And Linda says Sarah thinks that everything she does is a mistake. And Sarah's like, well. <laughs> Some uh, real family shit. It, it's yeah. tense. It's yeah. tense. Howard opens the door and brings in the baby who has pooped. Sarah and Tom give each other a look and Aunt Dorothy comes out to ask what's for dinner. The next scene is dinner and <laughs> the tension continues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Howie drinks from a liter of soda and burps and Howard is very proud. <laughs> First of all, did he bring that soda from home? Yeah, I, don't... That? I doubt they have yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think they have that. And there. would give him the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, there you go. Just drink that. Howard's like, that's my boy. It's like all he did was burp. He didn't do no, he's anything. Like, yeah. He's over the moon about it. And Beth like starts to get up and leave. And Sarah looks at her and she sits back down. Howard tells Tom that he's already trying to get Howie in shape for football when he gets to high school. And then he makes fun of Tom for never having played sports when he was a kid because he was training for the Eagle Scouts instead. But then he clowns on him and his daughters laugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, can we just pretend to, you know? No. At least wait until the drive home and be like, can you believe that jerk? Yeah, no. Eagle Scouts or whatever, right? <laughs> but in front of the whole family? He does not care. No. No. And he says that he doesn't need Eagle Scouts training. All he needs is the gun that he has in his truck. And he has them because the shepherd's got to protect his flock. Linda kind of scolds him for talking about guns at the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sarah points out that the baby is throwing food all over the floor, which the dog is eating. Linda snaps that Aunt Sarah likes everything clean. And that's why she makes food that nobody can pronounce. Okay, so I got to call that out because that burn makes no sense. There's no... <laughs> There's no connection from Between one the thing to the next. And yeah. yeah, no. She might as well have said that's why she dresses in yellow or something. Like it literally <laughs> she needs to work on her burns, Linda. Well, Sarah says that she thought they might like a break from macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. And Aunt Dorothy's like, Well, you're wrong about that. And who doesn't make a ham at Christmas? What are you? A Jew? Okay, so record scratch. <laughs> yeah. And Howard yeah. looks at Tom like, Are you? Are you? you? <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's like it goes from like tension and annoyance to racism. Yeah. Like real was... fast. It's too much. Like, it was enough when you're talking about the food. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> you Jesus, really crossed man. the line. Yeah. 
Sarah excuses herself to get dessert and Tom calls after her that dinner is delicious. And isn't Howard like, well, yeah, dude, he's like, mine's a little dry. Yeah. It's like, motherfucker. <laughs> it's a free meal. Can you chill? It kills me. So I, I, I get that. But yeah. it's like, come on, dude. You know what I mean? They say have, something. No, of course. Yeah. Any say oh, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Say yeah. No, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Defend your yeah. wife. I feel like there's a few times in the film where I'm like, Tom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Speak up. Yeah. But it's funny because Tom's like, well, can you at least say something nice about dessert? And Howard's yeah. like, well, I will if it's good. <laughs> it's like geez man you gotta earn these compliments yeah it was at this point that i'm like there's got to be an equation where it's distance traveled divided by how annoying someone is before you can <laughs> say you gotta leave my house yeah, right there's only so Definitely. much you're, yeah you're gonna take further down the table stevie and jordan tell max that santa's sleigh crashed and to survive he had to cook and eat his reindeer max gets mad and beth tells him to calm down and just not start anything I don't know why he's so offended. I mean, he takes he, this very yeah. personally. It's like, how dare you? He's already been in a fist fight today over this. <laughs> that is. <laughs> so don't fuck true. with him about yeah. Santa. In the kitchen, Sarah is going over her creme brulee with a blowtorch and seems mortified at what just happened at the table. Mm-hmm. From behind her, Aunt Dorothy startles her by piping up and asking what kind of concoction she's making now. All this, all this fancy food clogs her pipes. Well, I'm not eating dessert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah proposes that they go to her trailer for Christmas next year, and then she can come in and bitch and moan after Dorothy spent weeks decorating and cooking and cleaning. She closes it by telling her to stay the hell out of her kitchen, which I was like, yes, Sarah. It was great. Yes. But it was also, she said, maybe we'll waddle in. It's like, well... God damn. The gloves were off. Yeah. And honestly, just go to sleep, Aunt Dorothy. If you're gonna be... Yeah. You are ruining this. (laughs) Back at the table, Howard is telling everyone how reindeer actually are a sustainable food source. (laughs) You're not helping. No. The girls start to make fun of Max for believing in Santa, and he denies it. They hold up his letter, and he tries to reach across the table, and Beth stops him again. Stevie unfolds it and starts to read it to the whole table. And this is another, like, come on, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And what does it matter if he believes in Santa? I get it. Yeah. Sooner or later they got, but it's like, Mm -hmm. come on, dude. It's Christmas. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Who cares? Well, the thing is, is that, I mean, it makes sense for me. Sure. These kids are going to fucking clown on him. But at the same time, like you said, when are they going to snatch this letter from these girls? Yes. When are they going to (laughs) defend? They kind of just all sit there like, no, keep going. What what did he ask for? And he's treating Santa like a damn diary. Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It's therapeutic. Okay. I guess. But Max's letter asks for help from Santa because his family needs him. He says that he doesn't have a lot of friends and wishes that he and Beth could hang out like they used to. He also wishes his parents could fall in love again. And That's when Tom should have. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. You don't need to hear. He should have. But uh, we'll <laughs> yeah. do that later. Yeah. Creme brulee, you said. Yeah. <laughs> he then says that he wishes things weren't so hard for his aunt and uncle. So he asked Santa to help them, too. She reads the rest of the letter to herself and gets angry at Max, saying their dad doesn't wish they were boys, which he clearly mm, does. Yeah. He did, what, Stevie and what? Stevie and Jordan. I mean, granted, those are, they're gender neutral names. Yeah. I heard on the commentary that they were supposed to have five total kids. Jeez. And they were, they all had gender neutral names to really drive that point home. <laughs> yeah. But when he said we lost one of the kids, it kind of, the joke kind of fell flat. I was like, no, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's still there. Yeah. But. All right. Sarah comes out with the dessert to a very awkward silence. 
Max chases Stevie to get his letter back. Why now? She already read the whole thing. Well, he fucking screeches at her. <laughs> what uh what what confused <laughs> what confused me was like, why is his sister not saying anything? I don't know. And she's holding him she's back. She's holding yeah. him back. Yeah. No, I think okay, she's trying to keep him from getting in trouble. Maybe I she also wanted time, to hear the letter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, think that time has passed. Oh, yeah. yeah that time has passed. She should have been on that ass already. She like, should have been. She should have been. Yeah. But it all ends in a fight with Jordan Stevie being pulled off of Max. Max jumps up and says he just wanted Christmas to be the way it used to be, but forget it. He hates Christmas and he hates all of them too. And then he runs out of the room. Aunt Dorothy says he deserves a prize for telling the truth. Well, I mean, everybody else is putting on a mask yeah. to get through the evening. That's fair. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck your dog. <laughs> right. And it's not like he was as, like being selfish or anything. No. He was just like, look, I want. That's the other thing about he's it. He's trying is, to spread yes. everybody, yeah. like the happiness for everybody. And they just took it wrong. Well, (laughs) (laughs) upstairs in Max's room, he cries as he reads his letter over again. Tom comes in and Max hides the letter and wipes his face. Tom tells Max that they're all leaving right after Christmas, so they just need to get through the next three days. Max says, why do they have to put up with them just because they're family when every year it gets worse? Great question. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. But Tom says that's because that's what family is. Maybe it makes them work harder to find something they do have in common and relate to each other when if they weren't family, they wouldn't even bother. Max asked if he really believes in all that. And Tom's like, I want to. <laughs> he's wow. he's a better dad than I would be in that situation. He's, he's really honest with his kid. I would just be like, this sucks, Max. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide out in here for a while. <laughs> you want to watch a movie? Yeah, yeah, I got to get a breather. Yeah. No. <laughs> He tells Max that they still have time to mail his letter. He kisses his son on the top of the head and leaves. Max takes out his letter and folds it. And you see at the bottom of the letter, he thanks Santa for giving him Omi, which I think uh, there's some like Santa and God crossover. Yeah, in no, he's like, I didn't wrong person. <laughs> I'll take credit. I like yeah, being right. thanked. <laughs> I just thought that was very cute. But mm-hmm. He puts the letter back in the envelope and then changes his mind. He takes it out, rips it to shreds, and then opens his window and throws it out. And the wind immediately carries it away. That should have been a sign. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was have done that. unearthly. Like, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> That's yes, right exactly. Now. He's like, Shit. give it back, give it back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ominous and dramatic music plays as Max closes his window. It starts to snow and we hear thunder. The lights in the yard flicker in and out and the wreath falls from the front door. One by one, the lights go out on every house around them. And finally, theirs goes out, too. And then it fades to black. I've got a couple of cool things about this shot. Mm -hmm. One thing about their house is it's entirely CGI except for the bottom floor. What? Yes. That's what I'm talking about with Michael Doherty. He hires the perfect houses of these effects to make such realistic CG that you don't even know that it's I happening. Ne- I never would have guessed that, ever. The other thing is all these houses in the neighborhood are also CG. Not one <laughs> of them is real. And I read on IMDb that they hid a lot of well-known houses from horror films. The, one, the only one that I caught was right next door to them is the house from Amityville. No, I didn't uh, either. I read on Bloody Disgusting that the Myers house from Halloween is also there, but I couldn't find it. I looked so hard. That's so cool. But every house is something. And that's just such a a lot of snow going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When when the lights go out, it's like I can't fucking see anything. That's pretty cool, though. That's really, really cool. 
But the next thing we see is an advent calendar. And the day for December 23rd is being opened to reveal a drawing of a creepy gingerbread boy. Is this a peek into hell? <laughs> Like, it's disturbing. That's the scariest advent. Usually you get chocolate. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't you supposed to get like a treat with that yeah. or something? Nope. Creepy art. Merry Christmas. <laughs> scary Christmas. Yeah. Scary Christmas. There we go. I'm going to make that stick. <laughs> the next morning, Max looks out the window at a snowstorm in the yard and a snowman looks back at him that was not there before. I don't know how to describe it, but I was like, this looks like an old fashioned snowman. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like a classic it looked, snowman. Yeah, it was like a... But the face was kind of creepy. <laughs> As Tom tries to get the power back on, Sarah says she doesn't understand how nobody predicted this blizzard. Max tries to show his parents that there's a random snowman in the yard, but literally nobody gives a shit. Even after he's like, but who built it? See, and in, it's difficult because... They're like, yeah, that's that's nice. And then they move on. But I mean, if your kid's like, hey, there's a snowman in the yard, do you really care? Like, it's goddamn Christmas or whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, I'd be like, that's weird. But I'm I'm very paranoid. I would think it was weird that they... You'd be like, hide in your room. Built <laughs> Get to the panic room. Yeah. All the alarms are going on. But she's literally like, that's nice, Max. <laughs> she's like, well, I mean, well, that's, we're busy. Yeah. Bring a scarier thing to my doorstep and then we'll talk. <laughs> Sarah says they can't even talk to their neighbors because most of them are out of town and the family who is still here won't talk to them anymore after Max's noodle incident. We get no clarification. He smiles and I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't... Sarah tells Max to get Omi away from the fireplace before she burns the house down. Which, like, Omi, she was baking yesterday. She yeah. seems to have all her faculties. She's not a child. No, I yeah. thought that was pretty rude, yeah. but... There's a knock at the door and Linda answers it. She signs for a package and the delivery man tells her that it's a ghost town out here. But then there's a giant sack and a smaller sack on the porch. And he's like, oh, I didn't bring those. <laughs> Howard helps her bring the sacks inside. They have a weird little. <laughs> I was waiting on little, you to bring well, that. It's a little heavy handed because she's. he goes, how come all the rich people get the free shit? Which I can. Yes. They that, do. No, that is a that's valid very question. True. But like everything that's ever been delivered to my door, I fucking paid for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was say. Why so would true. they not assume that they bought the more other, shit? It's Christmas as yeah. well. So these are buying gifts. <laughs> but whatever. But Linda's like, I don't know. Democrats probably. Like, are you saying they're Democrats? Are you saying <laughs> I don't get yeah, it's just such an odd she needs to work on her burns. <laughs> yeah, this is the second one, Linda. <laughs> get like, it that's together. Not, that's not hitting Linda. No. <laughs> <laughs> Beth comes downstairs and says that her boyfriend is not answering her and that's not normal. She has to go check on him. He only lives four blocks away and she can see if anyone else around has power. Sarah says no, but Tom tells her that she'll be fine. Sarah relents and says she can go for an hour, but has to spend girl time with Jordan and Stevie when she comes back. And we see Jordan and Stevie wrestling in the background as Howard is like coaching. Them. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting pissed because one of them has no defense, but... <laughs> <laughs> Would but, like, you absolutely okay. yeah. not? That's what I wanted to it's ask you guys. It's a literal blizzard outside. Like you saw when Linda answered the door, she's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> As it's just hitting her, you're gonna send your daughter out into the like. No, uh, normally that would be me and your sister when it comes to the kids. I'm a little uh -huh. more relaxed about it, but no, it's still um, it's still yeah, a no from I'm dad. Not, yeah, yeah uh -huh. no power. No, I mean it's no. just it's you're sending your kid to a bad. Every aspect yeah, no. of it is a bad idea. There's yeah. no redeeming. No, no. But Beth leaves and Sarah reminds her to be back in one hour. 
Sarah starts to snap at Max for Omi still being in the fireplace, but then she sees that Omi was in the fireplace making hot chocolate for everyone because as she says and Max translates, hot chocolate makes everything better. And it does. Yes. But then Sarah smiles and I hope she felt bad. First, she's trying to make them cookies. Mm -hmm. Then they're like, we don't need those. (laughs) Now she's making them hot chocolate and it's like, what are you doing? Get her out of the fire. She wasn't in the fire. Like, I don't understand. (laughs) And that German was very easy to translate, by the way. (laughs) Outside, Beth walks through a literal blizzard. It is completely silent except for the wind. She starts to look nervous, and then suddenly it is quite dark outside. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. On the roof of a house next to her, a large hooded and horned figure raises its head. We see a puff of air come from its mouth. So, like, it's breathing. Why does seeing its breath make it scarier? Because it's Mm. it's breathing. I don't know, but I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) It does make it scarier. But as Beth watches, it growls and fully stands up. It jumps straight up and then comes down on a house across the street. We're done. (laughs) Yeah, Beth, as I would, screams and runs. We see it jumping from house to house, running along the roof before jumping to the next house. Following Beth as she runs on the street, screaming for help, and then it howls. The shot of it running and jumping and landing, Mm -hmm. running. It is fucking cool. No, it's incredible. And it's all CG. Yeah. Yeah. Even the houses. See? Yeah. And to that, I would never be able to do that. No. Never. Like at all. I didn't know that. It's unbelievable. That's what, there is good CG. Oh, no. Yeah. You just have to do it right. And they did. I never, that, it looks real. If it looked like the Scorpion King, we'd we'd have some issues, (laughs) but it looks fantastic. But Beth comes to a delivery truck, the same company that the man who came to the house worked for. She tries to open the door and she can't. She wipes the frosted window to reveal the man frozen inside, dead, I'm assuming, with his face stuck in a scream. At least he died doing what he liked. (laughs) (laughs) Working. Yeah, we could all be so working on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we could all be so lucky. Cool. Beth crawls underneath the truck to hide as the creature continues to howl. She covers her mouth as the creature's feet land next to the truck. The creature walks around, chains jingling as Beth watches its hooves. Oh, yeah. This is Santa, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I always imagined him. So cloven hooves. Yeah, yeah of course. Is that you? Yeah. Did you get my letter? Or? <laughs> yeah. But it jumps again, disappearing from view. Just as Beth breathes a sigh of relief, we hear music. She looks around to see a jack-in-the-box with the crank winding on its own. It stops, as does the music, and there's a moment of tension before the box pops open. As a clown slowly rises from the box, Beth screams. From an aerial view, we see the truck shake as she continues to scream. In what circumstance do you wait for that jack-in-the-box to open? <laughs> I, I thought the same there's thing. There's going to be right? nothing good there? in there. She's yeah. just watching it like, no, let's see. <laughs> see what it is. Back at the house, Max looks out the window again, and Sarah and Tom sit in the dining room looking out the window there. Tom has no service on his phone, which reads that it is 7 p.m. now. Yeah, so how long has she been gone? Because that was the morning, right? Yes, it was the morning. One thing I have to call out is I love the lighting in this scene with the blues from the window outside and the oranges from the candles and stuff. You put blue and orange on screen. I love it. (laughs) I don't know what it is. More, please. I don't know what it is. Sarah says that it's late and that Beth should be back by now, which she should. Mm -hmm. Tom says that she's safe at her boyfriend's and asks Sarah to relax just for once. After Tom makes her laugh, Sarah rests her head on his shoulder and says that she misses them. He agrees and kisses her on the head. 
They hear sirens outside, and Max comes in the room, also voicing concerns about Beth not being back yet. <laughs> At least someone is. Yeah, they're like, no, nah, it's fine. Well, she's been gone a long time. Yeah. All day. Omi adds logs to the fire, and Tom asks Howard if his vehicle, I guess a Hummer that Howard has named Lucinda. Dude, when he asked him about it, and he's like, what, Lucinda? I'm like, forget I asked. <laughs> I can't. I Jeez. can't with it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, come on, dude. But, and then you're talking about them being rich, but you drive a fucking Hummer? Yeah, dude, that's a very good point. It's not cheap. No, for those not at all. <laughs> don't know. But he asked if Lucinda can navigate through this, and Howard is game, like you said. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, what? As they turn to leave, Omi rushes to her son. Hastily speaking in German, she asks him not to go. Tom reassures her and says that they have to go get Beth. He speaks to his mom in German, kisses her head, and then turns to leave. What'd he say? Well, he told her that everything would be okay. <laughs> she said, es ist zu gefährlich, which means it's very dangerous. It's too dangerous. <laughs> and she is not wrong. She is correct. Omi is correct. I'm glad that he did this, though. Because yes. if he would have went the it, entire movie without saying yeah, a word makes, in German, it makes a lot more sense. I would have been like, what? Yeah. Because Max speaks, like, well, he knows he enough to understand. Yeah. Max understands everything she which, says. Which yeah. I understand because my grandparents mm -hmm. spoke only Spanish, but I understood them. Right. I couldn't really communicate too much with them, but I knew enough to un everything they were talking about. Yeah. But for my mom to not speak Spanish would be like, what? How is this? <laughs> Where did you come it from? It skips a generation. Uh, yeah. It's fine. I also read that they were going to make Omi deaf. Interesting. To have the language barrier. And I guess Max would speak to her through sign language. Hmm. But they made her German to keep the language barrier, but add the Krampus culture right. to her, which I thought was pretty See, thoughtful. And that yeah. makes a lot more yeah, sense. Yeah, that's cool. Especially considering that how are we going to make to ground this in culture? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. the smartest way to do it. That's the other thing is that we spend a lot of our formative years in Germany, but I never heard about Krampus until we got to the States. That is <laughs> completely true. <laughs> Unless our parents just shielded our eyes. Just always believe in Christmas. <laughs> never. <laughs> you don't know? question it. Don't lose yeah. the spirit. He is real. <laughs> <laughs> But as Tom turns to leave, Max takes his grandmother's hand and her hand is trembling. Mm -hmm. In the Hummer, Howard drives as Tom tries and fails to get a radio signal. Tom sees a light ahead and tells Howard to stop. When he does, he drives over what appears to be mistletoe and a bell rolls away. Yeah. Now, one thing that I did notice is that when they're in the car, they kind of have a moment where they bond over Bing Crosby. Yeah. And it made me think of the conversation that he had with Max, which was, you got to find these yeah, connections that you, somehow. Yeah. You wouldn't even work to do it otherwise. Exactly. So I'm like, well, there's one because he kind of smiled at Howard like, hey, well, there you go. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's something. We got something. Yeah. They see that it's a light flashing on a snow plow and they get out to investigate. They open the cab to find it empty with wrapped Christmas presents in the passenger seat and the keys still in the ignition. I just have a couple things here. One, it's insane to me that this is a soundstage. All these outdoor yeah, scenes. I literally would never I would never yeah, guess no. that. Not at all. Mm -mm. But the other thing is, what does this driver, what does the DHL driver have to do with Max's letter? I don't know. <laughs> I thought the same you know? thing. I was like, I don't know. I don't. Why is he harmed? He's also having a crisis of Christmas. <laughs> I was like, are, is he, he ripped Separate. up his letter too. <laughs> like, but right. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to like, cause I do really enjoy this movie, yeah. but there are some things that I'm like, ah, that doesn't really yeah. even fit your rules. No, it, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. And then also 
What did he even give them? Because the only thing I saw them bring inside were the sacks that he said he didn't bring. Um, so I don't know. No, <laughs> he just well, wanted to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to let them know they were out there. <laughs> yeah, these it's I saw. Yeah, those, those, right, yeah, I was just driving by. Yeah, you didn't bring your gifts in. You might want to get them. <laughs> I, well, she does sign for something. She signed right? for something. All I saw them bring in were the sacks that he was like, well, that wasn't me. So <laughs> well, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> They see a hole in the windshield and Howard says that the guy must have been thrown through the glass, which I don't know what evidence there is to support that. But well, I, I mean, unless he's going full Gil Grissom and he's like, well, the glass broke inside. <laughs> well, and these bugs can determine. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. You like bugs, Grissom. You loved him. That's a very small audience <laughs> for that joke. But for the three people who also watch CSI, you're welcome. Yeah. But Tom says that it looks like the opposite, that the windshield was punched in, and it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unnerved, Howard takes a giant shotgun out of the back of his car, and he hands the gun to Tom, who, when he says it's heavy, Howard's like, yeah, it's Linda's. (laughs) (laughs) That is, dude, just the chemistry of David Koechner and Adam Scott is it's fantastic. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, Fantastic. That that little gun safe, too, that was badass. I got that there. (laughs) Back at the house, everyone is lighting candles, and Linda notices that Sarah has their mother's angel on top of her tree. Sarah says that she thought Linda knew she had it, but she didn't. They reminisce about fighting over who got to place the angel on the top of the tree, and when Linda sees a framed homemade ornament of them as children, she comments that Sarah saved everything, and Sarah says that that's what their mom would have wanted. So it's a little expositional, but... Yeah. It is. It's, it is almost treated like a throwaway moment, but it's really sad. It's very yeah. sad. Yeah. You know? And it gives them more... It fleshes them out better yeah. than just me thinking, oh, everything you do is a mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? We hate each other. Exactly. So that's nice. Yeah. But suddenly they hear rumbling on the roof and Sarah dismisses it as squirrels. But when the sound starts up again, they are clearly feet like it sounds like somebody walking it's a nice ceiling isn't it the whole fucking house dude (laughs) i was like damn again i'll take the house with krampus (laughs) (laughs) what kind of chips you want krampus (laughs) (laughs) we're very accommodating yeah everyone looks up at the ceiling for a moment and then a loud boom sounds from above them and the baby starts crying and i read that that was a note that they had gotten for this film was less crying from the baby so, and I've I've heard people say, okay, that the baby's quiet because you know all the shit that happens, yeah. a baby would be screaming the entire right. time. But they were told <laughs> to take the crying out. On the commentary, they talked about how they said it's really hard because when you're on set with a baby, it, I bet. like yeah, lights can make it cry. I, literally, like it's yeah. not about they showed him Krampus. Yeah, no. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But braving the flames, Omi leans into the lit fireplace and looks up the chimney concerned. Maybe she shouldn't be near the fire. No. <laughs> Sarah was right. That Sorry, was Sarah. really close, yeah. too. Yeah. I was, holy they were shit. licking her like the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Tom and Howard let themselves into Beth's boyfriend's house, and Tom calls for them. The house looks abandoned and filthy. They cautiously look around and see a gingerbread man impaled onto the fridge with a kitchen knife. But that, for me, raises more questions that we'll get into later. Okay. (laughs) Tom dusts the snow off of a broken framed photo of Beth and her boyfriend and looks at it. Howard's like, we're going to find her. It's like a sweet and sad moment. Yeah. But Howard notices a hole in the wall and comments that it looks like the gas line blew. They go over to the hole over the fireplace and see a print in the snow. 
Howard identifies it as a hoof print, possibly an elk or a goat. Hmm. (laughs) Tom asks what kind of goat walks on its hind legs, and we get an ominous shot from behind them. Suddenly, they hear Beth scream distantly. Tom runs back outside as Beth's voice begs for help. They run down the street calling after her. Something bites Howard's foot under the snow as he struggles to keep up with Tom. It pulls him deep under the snow, continuing to bite him. I just want to go back to the house for a second. They don't really express enough fear about the goat walking on its hind legs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Can we go back to that? I probably would have been like, if that's coming out of the chimney, something's wrong. Like majorly wrong. I don't want to say a goat killed your daughter, but. No, but (laughs) what else? I don't, yeah. yeah. Tom pulls Howard out of the snow, but Howard keeps getting pulled back down. Tom finally lets go of him and grabs the gun. He aims it in Howard's direction and shoots twice. (laughs) Back at the house, we see that everyone has heard the shots and turns to the window. Whenever he shoots at him, Howard's like, Tommy? (laughs) He thought he was going to murder him. All these years? It's like, it was the Eagle Scout shit, wasn't it? (laughs) I thought that was funny, too. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's it's happened. (laughs) what it is. I knew I would have crossed the line eventually. I've been pushing it. (laughs) But when we go back to them, we see that Tom has shot the creature under the snow, and we don't see it, but it screams and slithers away. Tom helps a limping Howard back to his Hummer, but to his utter horror, the Hummer is now destroyed and burning. Howard calls out, Lucinda! (laughs) (laughs) As he watches it burn. Just echoes. Like, it's (laughs) sad. Yeah. Back at the house, Linda stops Sarah as she's putting on her coat, but she says that she's leaving. She's going to look for Howard and Tom. Just before she leaves, they burst in the door, panicked. Sarah locks the door behind them and asks where Beth is as everyone hounds them with questions. Howard screams at them to get whatever they can to protect themselves until Tom stops him. This isn't the place. Yeah, their kids are all right there. Yeah, he does not put on a brave face at all. (laughs) We're all going to die. Basically. Can you chill the fuck out? Even I know that. No, don't do that. Sarah notes that it looks like Howard was bitten and he says, oh, no, it must have been a bear trap under the snow. When Max says that they don't have bears around here, Howard shoots him a look. (laughs) Fucking shut up, kid. Well, it's like, who just has bears? (laughs) Like, thanks, Max. Like, I don't know what to do with that information. Linda tries to shoo the kids into the kitchen, but Max isn't having it. Sarah insists asking Aunt Dorothy, fucking all people, to go and keep an eye on them. She goes reluctantly because she hates kids, saying that she'll just teach them how to make peppermint schnapps. Well, she says, I never liked kids, even when I was one. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I can relate. That's You're like same. That is great. Tom stops cutting Howard's pant leg and goes to his mother and asks her to help with the kids. Omi looks at him and solemnly tells him in German to keep the fire hot. He looks at her confused as she leaves. In the kitchen, true to her word, Aunt Dorothy is making spiked hot chocolate, even letting Howie drink some when he stares at her. Which I'm like, you guys should not have left her in charge no, of your kids. No. <laughs> but Max peeks around the corner, eavesdropping on the conversation in the living room, and he's distracted when he hears Omi lift up a meat cleaver. <laughs> well, in the living room, you hear Howard say, at first, I thought it was like a gang thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what? I thought that too. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? How is that a gang? Like a, a gang of snakes? Like yeah, what is happening what? under the... Everything he says is funny. Yeah. Like he is ridiculous. In the living room, Howard cries out in pain as Tom wraps up his leg. He tells Sarah that Beth wasn't at her boyfriend's house, but they're going to find her. 
She says that they have to take turns going out to look for her, but Howard says they can't. His hands were almost frostbitten after being outside for just four minutes. <laughs> I don't know where he got the time frame they from. They were going yeah, way longer yeah, than that. I was going to say, that was a long-ass <laughs> time. Way longer yeah. than four minutes, but okay, Howard. Long enough for them to get worried at the house. <laughs> Tom goes over to the fire, looking like he's kind of contemplating. Linda says that they can all pile in the Hummer, pick up Beth, and just drive. Howard tells her that the Hummer has been torn to pieces. <laughs> What do you do? I mean, I mean, I don't stay know. Stay inside. Yeah. Yeah. And keep the fire hot. There you go. <laughs> Tom asks Howard how much ammo he has left, and Tom has shells in the shotgun and probably a dozen more in his pocket. Tom says the best thing they can do is board up the windows and doors, wait out the storm, and then go look for Beth. What if Beth tries to come back? Excellent question. <laughs> right? I don't know, man. She's not getting in the house. <laughs> That's true. She's just banging on <laughs> yeah. the door with her frostbite. <laughs> right. <hand. laughs> oh, man. I was outside for five minutes. (laughs) They start bickering until they realize that the kids are just standing in the doorway listening. So good job, Aunt Dorothy. (laughs) Linda tells them that everything is fine. Beth is just with her boyfriend. She says they'll just cuddle on the couch and watch a movie. And then Tom tells Sarah that they are going to find Beth. But Sarah has the best line, which is, how much did you hear? (laughs) To the kids? (laughs) Fantastic. Enough to know you're lying. Yeah. Yeah. Later, the kids are watching a movie on their tablet, that old like uh, claymation one that we've all seen. Yeah. (laughs) And Howard and Tom are boarding up the windows, which they're like, kids, everything's fine. We're just going to board up the windows. Wouldn't you be rationing the battery on that tablet? Yeah, but Linda makes a point later that the battery's going to go out anyway. You might as well let them enjoy it. Well, I'd be checking Twitter to see if anybody (laughs) else is talking about this storm or something. I don't know. Checking Twitter. Linda tells Sarah that Beth is strong and she's going to be fine. Howard thanks Tom for saving his life and finally apologizes for always thinking he was a spineless dick all these years. Is that an apology? Top shelf really. apology. <laughs> a, little too, a little too specific, I thought. You thanks, don't have Howard. To. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Tom looks out the window with binoculars and Max goes over to him and asks if they're going to die. Tom says no. Max tells him that ever since the storm started, Omi has been acting different. And Tom says that she's always weird around Christmas, but she never wanted to talk about why. Hmm. You've spent like 40 Christmases with her and yeah. you haven't? <laughs> I guess that's well, just... what's up? Yeah. And if if your kid asks if you're going to die and you're not sure, shouldn't you say maybe? <laughs> only because... <laughs> only because if the know, kid's son. actually dying, he's like, my dad, that's his last thought. My dad lied to me. Yeah. No, because once he's dead, he's not thinking anything. So you were never officially a liar. Wow, that's dark. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's well, I, dark. I'm the one that brought it up. I'm just being an asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sarah calls Max over to go to sleep and Max hugs his dad and then leaves. Howard tells Tom that he and Linda butt heads, but he can't imagine life without her. And Tom smiles at Sarah and tells him, yeah, I know what you mean. So like, another it's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sincere moment. Howard says that one of them should keep watch. And when Tom volunteers to go first, Howard tells him to get rest and he'll take the first shift. A shepherd's got to protect his flock. The next thing we see is Howard passed out asleep next to the window. Glenn from Nightmare on Elm <laughs> Street style. Howard, you bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone sleeps as Christmas music plays on the tablet. We pan over all of them and then linger on the fireplace. Then we see the battery on the tablet at 1% just before it dies and the music stops. Without the music on, we now hear footsteps and chittering coming from the ceiling. The sound travels and gets louder in the vicinity of the fireplace. And we see that everyone is asleep as a hook connected to a chain slowly lowers down the chimney and into the fireplace. 
As the chain comes down, we see that connected to it is a gingerbread man. He shakes in his chains until Howie wakes up. That's bait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%. He pulls the gingerbread man out of the fireplace and holds him in his hands. The gingerbread man smiles up at him, and then Howie takes a bite out of the top of his head. Now, it looked soft as shit. But it shouldn't be. Isn't gingerbread supposed to be crispy? <laughs> I like soft gingerbread. I've never had something. Maybe <laughs> yeah, my mind could be changed. I- <laughs> but also, I don't think you should be eating cookies being suspended I, in a fire. I was just going to say, at what point do you stop and tell yourself, you know what? I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> this is probably a bad it idea. It might yeah. look soft, but-, <laughs> but it's dangling from a chain in my fireplace. If you're dumb enough to eat it, you deserve to die. Right? <laughs> But once the cookie realizes it's been bitten, it screams. Then laughing and cheering, he jumps from Howie's hands and flips around him, causing the chain to tighten around him. He whistles back at the fireplace and then Howie is pulled in. Howard wakes up and calls for his son as everyone else wakes and rushes to the fireplace. Except Omi. Omi stands there yeah. crossing herself. Well, she's like, I knew this shit it's was like, fitting out. Right. Thoughts and prayers, kid. <laughs> I always thought you were kind of annoying. <laughs> That burp at the dinner table sealed his face. But Howard falls on his way there, and Sarah makes it to Howie, grabbing his legs, but she's pulled in too. Howard and Tom grab her and try to pull her back, and as Linda comes to help them, a smoldering log is kicked out of the fireplace and next to the Christmas tree, which completely goes up in flames. Fantastic. (laughs) What else? (laughs) In the fireplace, the gingerbread man scampers down to Sarah. When she sees him, she screams, and he screams mockingly back at her. (laughs) He's a dick. Sarah is pulled out, but Howard sticks his head in the fireplace to see his son quickly being pulled up and out of sight. Howie's shoe falls down on him. Max uses a fire extinguisher on the flaming Christmas tree because nobody... (laughs) Nobody else seems yeah, to care. No. Well, he uh, Tom told him to grab it. Well, he's like, We're, we got our hands full over here. <laughs> we are busy. Please. Everyone cries over the loss of Howie. And as Tom tries to comfort Sarah, Howard blames himself for falling asleep, which. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, Omi could have stressed the importance <laughs> a little bit more about why you need to keep the fire hot. Right. I mean, yes, she could have, but she didn't. When you just say things offhand, I'm not going to take it seriously. <laughs> but she said but- it in German. I would take that seriously. More important. Fair enough. Suddenly, a new fire has been lit in the fireplace and the light illuminates the room. Omi, tending to it, begins to speak in German. Tom translates that she has told the group that it's all their fault and now he has come for us all. Awesome. I like the way way he says it too because he's like, it's all our fault. (laughs) He's as confused. He's come for us all? (laughs) What? He's asking by explaining. (laughs) (laughs) When they ask who she's talking about, she pleads to them in English. Please listen. Aunt Dorothy then makes a crack. English. I knew it. Like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? What does it matter? Yeah, no shit. Like, (laughs) Omi begins to speak as we pan past her and into her flashback. Now, this scene is cool as shit. Oh, yeah. The animation. Yeah, it's done in like stop motion. Right. For really no good reason. But I thank them for doing it because it's very fucking cool. But Omi says that Christmas that year was dark and it wasn't cheerful. We see Omi as a little girl in line for a loaf of bread as she holds a little like plushie of Santa. 
her parents made her go to the bread line? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Which apparently is not safe. No. no. But she gets her loaf, but then the truck drives away, ignoring the people behind her. We see them descend on her and rip the bread apart, knocking her to the ground as she explains that her village had forgotten the spirit of Christmas and the sacrifice of giving. Is that what the bread meant? Yes. <laughs> the bread was a symbol. I was like, yeah. I was like, geez. And took her food from her and damn. And then tore it. She's yeah. a child. But it gets worse. Her family was the same. We now see her standing in front of looming figures of her parents who appear to be yelling at her, I guess for not bringing the bread home. Yeah. <laughs> like, motherfuckers ripped her doll for no reason. Yeah. yeah. In an effort to get them to believe in Santa and the spirit of Christmas again, she tries to hand her mom the plushie, and yes, she rips it up. That was that was unnecessary. <laughs> it what was. Is, what was that for? She's like, Santa is right here, and then they just fucking rip <laughs> She's like, it. Fuck Santa. <laughs> she looks sadly into the fire as her parents leave, and then she tosses Santa into the fire, finally giving up like the rest of them. She says for the first time, what she wished for was not a miracle, but for them to go away. The embers from the burning Santa rise from the chimney and float away on the air, just like Max's yeah. letter. And Omi explains that she would regret that wish. That night, a blizzard came and her wish came true. We see her wake up, cowering in her bed against the sounds of crashes and thuds. The candle next to her goes out as jingling footsteps grow closer. She says it wasn't St. Nicholas, but a more ancient spirit, the shadow of St. Nicholas. It was Krampus. Well, she she put some stank on his name. She put some respect on him, and she's like, "As you should." It was Krampus. I was like, "God damn!" A very funny and stupid story that I have to get off my chest because I I've love funny and stupid stories. Kept it to myself for years, but at an old job of mine, I had seen this movie, and then mm-hmm. I went back the next day, and I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and I jokingly called it Krampus. You know, right? I was young; I couldn't make jokes back then, I guess, but. <laughs> Um, a few days later, she went to go see it and then she came back and she, <laughs> no, she was like, Hey, I saw that movie you were talking about. And I was like, which one? She's like, Krampus. I was like, Oh shit. What did I do? <laughs> you, you don't got to say it that way. No, like, I poisoned the well. I was well. joking. I was joking. Yeah, it was just a joke. You can't say anything. No, it's too late. I was like, well, did, did you like it? We just kept talking. I just, I didn't know what to do, but I had to get that off my chest because it's, I've been feeling every single time I see that movie. <laughs> I have the guilt of like seven years <laughs> or however old this movie is. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, friend. Yeah. But we see his figure and chains go past her door as her parents are attacked. She explains that as Krampus does, he came not to reward, but to punish, not to give, but to take. We see the shadow of Krampus and his helpers, including the gingerbread man on his chain, Mm -hmm. cast over Omi in her bed. We listen to them drag her family into the underworld as she waits to be next. His shadow winks at her from the doorway (laughs) before leaving. He's like, later, kid. That is insult to injury. How dare you? (laughs) He spared her, leaving her as a reminder of what happens when hope is lost, belief is forgotten, and the Christmas spirit dies. Omi goes into the ruined living room and picks up a bell that Krampus left behind. Wouldn't you lead with this when shit started to go bad? <laughs> I, yeah. And if this happened to your parents, why doesn't your son know about this? They just know. He just knew he didn't have grandparents. That's have just it. Any- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Where's mean- your family, mom? Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I, don't get, know. I get yeah. real weird around Christmas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But-, but I don't 
talk about it at all. <laughs> Do you like Christmas on me? Ish don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the living room and back in real life and not stop motion Mm -hmm. happening now, Omi holds that same bell in her hands. Her story told, she breaks down and sobs. Everyone seems emotionally affected until Howard speaks up, calling her story senile horseshit. So on commentary, they made a really important point. They said this is basically the whole point of the whole movie is senior citizens are kind of seen as just like spouting off nonsense, but... There's a wisdom and a life Definitely. experience yeah. there. And they said when you discount history, legends, and folklore, bad shit happens. This is what happens, Larry. And there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, didn't he just, didn't they encounter some weird shit earlier? Yes. Yeah. Then you just yes. seen your kid get dragged through a chimney with the fucking hook with, None the, of this. with the gingerbread yeah. on it. He's like, I thought it was gang shit yeah. or whatever. <laughs> That wasn't a gang member? (laughs) The gingerbreads? Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? With a Z. Yeah. Like, come on. With a Z. (laughs) (laughs) He goes on with the insults until Tom finally tells him that's enough. Howard limps out of the room saying he's going to go get his son back. And when Tom tries to stop him, Howard pulls his gun on him. He says he's starting to like him, but he needs to do this. Wasn't that a little too serious of a moment for this movie? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, God damn. I mean, I understand, but, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> Howard begins taking the boards off the door as Tom reminds him that they have four other children here to protect. Tom and Linda beg him not to leave as he steps out into the snow. He screams for his son, but we now see that snowmen litter the yard. We hear cackling outside, and Sarah demands that they close the door, so they do. Max asks Tom what they do now, and he replies, we keep the fire hot. They all look over at Omi sitting next to the fire. Did you notice that one of the snowmen looked like Howie? See, no, I didn't. And I read that the snowmen are supposed to represent the people that have been taken. Oh, see, because yeah. I was like, "Are the, is that is that Snowboy Howie's corpse? Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> I was really wondering. I didn't What's know. really going he on? He does look at it. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like he recognizes, does it, hey, wait a minute. That's, that's yeah. my son. That's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing we see is the advent calendar again, and the door for December 24th opens, revealing a picture of a teddy bear inside. A cute teddy bear. A cute was, teddy bear, yeah. yeah. The gingerbread boy was frightening. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mixed bag here. Yeah. Back at the house, the storm continues outside as Stevie asks Omi, what if they're good all year and leave cookies out for Santa? And Max translates as Omi tells them, it's not about what you do, it's what you believe and what you've given up in your heart. They ask if they can make it go away and Max is unable to translate what Omi says. Aunt Dorothy ventures that Omi is saying that they're fucked and Omi's like, hmm, well. <laughs> <laughs> There's your one F word for a PG-13 yes. <laughs> movie. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Are you for real? That was it? Yeah. Yeah. Such an they can, odd, you can only say such yeah, an odd rule. Uh, yeah. Like they show some shit in this movie that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we'll yeah, we'll talk yeah. more about that. But if you say fuck twice, that's it. It's an R. Wow. Yeah. It's really stupid. In the kitchen, Tom takes out a map and starts circling three places. Sarah comes in and he asks her what she saw when that thing took Howie. She asks if he believes in the story that Omi said, and he asks if she believes in it. And she says she doesn't know what to believe anymore, but she's going to get Beth even if she dies trying. Why didn't he answer her? I like, don't it's, know. It's your mother. Yeah. Do you believe her story or not? Yeah, I would believe my mom. She yeah. came with some shit like that. And she told us to keep the fire hot, and we yeah. didn't, and this and is what this, happened. Yeah. You saw the gingerbread man. <laughs> like, I but don't know. Whatever. Maybe he's embarrassed. Well, do you believe yeah. it? <laughs> 
Tom says they need to get Howard and Linda because he has an idea. Linda is sorting through the burned presents lingering on a gift for Howie. She sees an unfamiliar box and shakes it. It jingles. And when she begins to unwrap it, Sarah comes in distracting her, telling her they need to talk to her and Howard and that it's important. I noticed that Howie's present was wrapped in newspaper. Yeah. But wrapping paper is cheaper than a newspaper. Yes. <laughs> so I don't I get it, the point you're trying to make. It right. also had childish writing on it. So I'm like, was this from or Howie or from, <laughs> from Howie? I don't know. It's a great question. I don't know. And, and the other presents are visibly different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be like, hold on now? What the hell is this? Where do these come from? Yeah. These old fashioned. Yeah. 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 Where, where'd you Very. guys order this from? Or what? You know what I mean? Something. Just there's no questions. Yeah. We got it off Etsy. <laughs> In the kitchen, Tom details his plan. Tom will get to the snowplow and he'll drive it, leading the way for everyone else in the car. The mall doubles as an emergency shelter, so they'll drive there. Failing that, they'll go to the police station. Failing that, they'll drive until they see lights. Always good to have five backup plans. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Then they'll bring back help for Beth and Howie. Howard asks if Tom was planning on getting the plow by himself, and Tom tells him a shepherd's got to protect his flock. Words right back at you. Yep. In the other room, we see a bunch of Christmas presents begin to shake and laugh. (laughs) So are we to believe that Krampus visited this house earlier and just (laughs) dropped the bag off? He's like, I'm going to be back for this shit. (laughs) Like, I don't know. This is very funny to me to imagine. He has fun. He does. And I read that, too, that Michael Doherty had said that Krampus, if he wanted to just kill them, they'd be dead. He's Mm -hmm. having fun. Like, he's fucking with them. Which makes it scarier. Yeah. You never want like a tormentor to be having yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice if this was a struggle for them to do. <laughs> this hurts you just as exactly. much as it yeah. hurts me. But no. No. He's having a blast. <laughs> In the living room, Max looks out the window with binoculars at the ominous snowman. And finally, he sees a hooded and horned figure in the yard. He gasps, startled. But when he looks back, it's gone. Upstairs, Jordan and Stevie are looking for a restroom because Aunt Dorothy clogged the downstairs one, which she gave them fair warning. She said, straight up. (laughs) Jordan asked if they took Howie because of the time they painted the cats, and Stevie's like, I don't know. (laughs) Suddenly, they hear their names being called from the attic, and thinking it might be Beth, they call back to it, asking what she's doing up there. In what world (laughs) does this sound like Beth? It doesn't. It sounds like an evil robot toy. They're estranged. They don't I, talk on the phone. I'm glad you said that because I thought that too while I was watching. I was like, that doesn't even sound close to what no. that girl sounded no. like at all. But the voice says to come up and she'll show them. In the kitchen, they hear the girls screaming, grab weapons and head off. They hear the cackling upstairs and head up. Max tells Omi that he thinks this might all be his fault as Linda, Sarah, and Tom go up the stairs and tell Howard to stay behind because of his leg. So Omi just hugs Max and is like, no, but she should be like, Maybe. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, shit. I fucking told you to finish that letter. Yes. People need to start being honest to these kids. <laughs> yeah, because she did it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Was- it's the exact. Yeah. Yeah. Howard hears sounds coming from the kitchen. And when Rosie, the dog, refuses to investigate, he goes by himself. Upstairs, lit only by their flashlights, they go into the attic calling for the girls. Linda discovers present boxes that have had something burst from them and an opened tin of gingerbread men. With a half-eaten gingerbread yeah. in there. Worrisome. Yeah. <laughs> they got hungry. 
<laughs> How long are we going to have to stay in here? Yeah, goddamn. Downstairs, we hear glass breaking, and Howard enters the kitchen with broken glass all over the floor. As Howard enters the room, we see over his head that a vent is open. He walks past a gingerbread house, and we see something sit up inside of it. Howard swings his gun toward it. Suddenly, we're in the attic again, and they come upon a large, grotesque, jack-in-the-box-like clown figure. It looks awesome. It yeah. looks great. Its mouth is open and possibly wide in its clown face as it shoves in the rest of one of the girls, <laughs> only her boots sticking out before those are gone too. <laughs> then the creature wipes his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, polite. Fucking napkin. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny too because I saw that the scene where Howie drinks the spiked hot chocolate mm -hmm. had gotten flagged for concern because it was a child drinking alcohol and Michael Doherty said so that's concerning but we can show a child being swallowed by a clown monster and <laughs> that's, that's fine, fine. <laughs> kid can't drink no but the clown screams with far too many teeth in its mouth. Oh, yeah. Um, that it didn't use to... No. But, <laughs> but that's okay. Tom tries to shoot it, but it just prances off. Downstairs in the kitchen, hearing them screaming, Howard calls for his wife before he is shot multiple times in the back of the leg. <laughs> he turns to see three gingerbread men laughing their asses off after shooting him with the nail gun. Now, I read in How the Hell Could You Tell, but... yeah. Two of these gingerbread men are played by Seth Green and Justin Roiland of Rick and Morty. I don't. Maybe they're friends. It's because it's such a it's a cameo, basically, because yeah, you don't even know that it's them. They don't. They're yeah, just but, making sounds. They yeah, don't speak. Yeah, they're not just doing laughing. anything. Yeah. And Seth Green has one of those. Justin, both of them have those voices that you would know. Of course. But no, they're just making fucking <laughs> chittering sounds and laughing. But it's like we talked about George Clooney playing a dog. Yeah. On South Park. Yes. That's literally. That's right. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? But the gingerbread men continue to shoot as Howard crawls along the floor, finally guarding his face with a cutting board before the nails come through, almost hitting his face. In the attic, they continue chasing the clown until they see it's like a doll, owl, angel. Like a cherub? Creature, yeah. It descends on Sarah, attacking her. Tom and Linda try to pull her off until an evil teddy bear rushes Linda and bites her arm. I'm starting to feel like this is very lopsided. He's got like three gingerbread men downstairs. They've got fucking <laughs> clown monster. The like, attic was right, not the place going to on go. up there. <laughs> I do want to say, I don't know if you've guys ever seen uh, Demonic Toys. Mm -mm. It came mm -mm. out in 92. It's a full moon movie. It's a direct to like straight to video. Okay. Uh, the teddy bear looks... Uh, not like all the way the same, but it looks like a really? teddy bear in this movie. Maybe they were inspired, or uh, maybe it maybe looks it's an like homage. It. But even that movie, it's I guess it's part of the Puppet Master series. Uh -oh. But it's I I like those <laughs> movies. I thought they were really good. But it does kind of look like that. If you've seen it, you know what I mean. Yeah. You kind of tell. I'll but. have to check that out. That's uh -huh. funny. Back in the kitchen, the gingerbread man run out of nails in their gun and start to bicker between themselves. Howard takes this opportunity to take the shot. The cookies explode onto the floor and scream as they burn. Back up in the attic, Tom tries to pull the bear off of Linda, but she falls backwards. So he stopped helping his wife yeah. mm -hmm. to try to pull the bear. He's like, the bear's going to be fucking easier. This <laughs> yeah. Just one jaw. This thing can fly. Yeah. Well, I saw Linda try to take it off and she's like, ow. So it's, yeah. it's like got spikes on it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Sarah continues to fight with the winged creature until it extends out its tongue and licks her face. 
bad things happen to Tony Collette in attics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Tony, yeah. stay out of the just attic. stay out of there. That thing is creepy like oh, a no. Yeah. I have to just, the creature design. Yeah. Fantastic. So yes. fucking good. Um, <laughs> a robot toy jumps on Tom's back and just starts stabbing the shit yeah. out of him repeatedly. <laughs> then we see the clown creature crawling toward the vent. They said on commentary that the clown creature situation was like a puppet that was operated by three people. Wow. That thing was big. I'm not surprised. You had like one dude that's operating the arms and the Uh head and then two women, I think, were like, they said they were dancers and they were operating the tail. Huh. Were they in it? Because it looks like there's people in it. Yeah, they were inside of it. That's fucking cool. Right? Oh, yeah. That thing looks crazy. To me, that's the best creature outside of what we'll talk about later in the film. Back in the kitchen, one of the gingerbread men dies on the floor and the other two charge toward Howard. Howard is able to shoot one of them, but braces himself as the last one jumps toward him. He closes his eyes and opens them again after nothing hits him to see his dog Rosie chewing up the remnant of the last gingerbread man, which it was on fire. So, <laughs> And it had a sharp ass candy cane dagger situation. Rosie, don't give up. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's a gingerbread cookie. Yeah. He, <laughs> he just accepted his fate. He yeah, closed his he eyes. He's like, well, I'm dead. <laughs> You don't think to throw a punch at the thing. What nope. uh, if it stabs you with the damn candy cane? Candy cane. You already cares? got shot with the nails yeah. in your leg. Yeah, no shit. Like <laughs> he's like, "Well, this is the end." Yeah. Fuck it. I always thought it would end like this. Yeah. <laughs> at least I died doing what I loved. <laughs> right. Cowering from a gingerbread man. <laughs> in the attic, the winged creature manages to wrap Christmas lights around Sarah's neck and hang her from the rafters. And that's not an R. <laughs> Oh, yeah, what the hell? That's really serious. And again, Tony, stay out of the rafters. Stay out of the rafters. No more. Linda continues to wrestle with the bear until she sees Stevie lying unconscious. This gives her the power to overtake the bear. She grabs an icicle, stabs it through the eye, and tosses it away. She sees the end of the clown creature and snaps into action. She grabs an axe and cuts the Christmas light suspending Sarah. She hacks the robot. She runs to the clown and swings just as it is able to pull its body through the vent. Okay, she was on a speed run. She was fucking killing it. And it was it. fantastic. Yes. But if she didn't do her action hero line at the yes. end, yes. she yes. could have gotten the clown. She also oh caused, caused the clown a fudger. Yeah. Because I guess Aunt Dorothy got the yeah, fuck. So. Oh, that makes so much yeah. more yeah. sense. I was like, why like, would really? she say that? <laughs> no. You're chasing something that ate your kid. And you're like, a fudger? You yeah, fudger. fudger. Yeah. She wakes up Stevie, who tells her that she was going to be next after it ate Jordan. Sarah pulls a piece of the robot out of Tom's back and shoots it when it rises up to attack again. Suddenly, Max calls for Sarah and they all run downstairs. When they get to the living room, we see that Max called for no reason. Yeah, there's nothing going on. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Um, but they hear growling and screeching coming from the attic. Sarah believes that the creature is panicking and trying to find a way out of the house with Jordan still inside of it. Rosie starts barking at the vent and Max opens it, letting her crawl inside. And nobody's like, hey, that's my fucking dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've seen enough. They're like, it's about time Rosie fucking earned her keep. <laughs> Eating shit off the floor. Yeah. They hear screaming and barking as the ceiling begins to crack. Finally, Rosie yelps and just goes silent. In the silence, the clown creature falls through the ceiling. <laughs> How embarrassing. 
It's not like sitting on a chair and then the chair exactly. breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, well, he has had a pretty big meal. So True. It opens its mouth and begins to scream. Howard raises the gun to shoot it and the doll, owl, winged angel thing <laughs> flies down and into his face. Linda, Tom, and Sarah try to pull it off. Max notices the teddy bear rise up behind Omi and Stevie. Aunt Dorothy grabs Howard's shotgun and shoots it immediately. Linda, Sarah, and Tom fling the doll into the air and she shoots that too. So maybe Linda didn't do anything if they're all fine. <laughs> the creatures? Like, oh, I thought shit. she killed all of them. Except the clown. Except the clown. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> they were just like, ah, damn it. They yeah. just had to regroup for a second. <laughs> Tom tells Dorothy to finish it. And when she aims at the clown creature, thunder booms. We hear bells. And adorably, the clown begins to clap. <laughs> It's like, sweet, my ride's here. <laughs> they had the axe. Why didn't they just go and I have no bust idea. that thing in the head? Why didn't she shoot it? Because she goes, with pleasure, oh, and then yeah. does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but Omi explains in German, elves. Aunt Dorothy is blown back as the elves burst through the window. And these are not your typical elves. They're like, have fucking like cloaks and masks and yeah, they're, they're fucking weird. It's yeah. like the masks from Scream 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from that play. <laughs> they douse the fire and one rushes to hug the clown and the the clown like closes his eyes when he yeah. hugs him. Like, are you okay, man? <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're friends. We, we heard you fell through the roof. <laughs> they wrap Aunt Dorothy in their chains as one of the elves makes off with the baby. Aunt Dorothy calls, see you in hell before being yanked through the window and into the snow. Howard jumps on the clown's body as it, too, is pulled through the window. The elves laugh and advance on the family until a loud howl is heard. They immediately go silent and look around before rushing back out of the window. That last elf milks it, though. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, till we meet again. And then he fucking leaves. It's a lot. They're pretty chill, too, about everybody getting taken. Yeah. They don't react, really? <laughs> no, they're just um, standing like, there. Well, fuck. They pulled a Howard. All right. All right <laughs> Now's no, our time. That's it. I think Tom just says, oh, shoot. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> like, really? And the elves are just crowd control? <laughs> yeah, basically. Tom says they need to get to the snowplow and go after them. Omi tries to light another fire, but the match is blown out, which is pretty cool and creepy. Mm-hmm. Tom grabs his mom and yells at her that they need to go now. Just then, the radio begins to play and the Christmas lights flicker as something loud and heavy lands above them. Great atmosphere. Yeah. Quietly, Tom tries to lead them out of the house. He advises that they all hold on to each other before opening the front door. Omi is the last in line as they leave the house. Max turns and realizes that she hasn't left with them. She tells him in English, be good, before slamming the door in his face. He screams for her. Tom bangs on the door as she locks it and puts the boards back in place. Tom goes for the window, but Max stops him. He says she wants to face him and she's trying to help. They hear shrieking and Tom's like, all right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Good idea, kid. Let's. Bye, mom. I don't know if I'd be that cool. (laughs) No. You know what I mean? He's like, look, that's her decision. (laughs) I can't. She's an adult. <laughs> but I agree with you. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'd be kicking open fight, the window. Yeah, fight a little harder for your yeah. mom. I would have pushed Jackson from the face and been like, "Get out of here, kid!" Yeah. What do you know? Yeah, what is this? that's my mom. That's my mom. mom. Right? Yeah. Inside, Omi bravely faces the fireplace as the chimney begins to bulge and break. 
long, horrible fingers grab either side of the fireplace as Krampus guides himself down. So that's what happened to the fireplace at the other house. Yeah. Yes. But oh, shit. again, why was Krampus visiting them? Are they also... They're affiliated. Huh. It's guilt by association. I guess. He's like, you're dating the sister of the boy that yeah. ripped up his letter. You're so done. You're done. Your whole fucking family. Right, <laughs> right now, I got to kill you. Yeah, it's tough. We see his long horns as he comes out. His hooves stomp on the floor as he stands to his full height, his face shrouded by his hood. He reaches out a long finger to touch Omi's face and his tongue slides out of his mouth. I... Very much appreciate the creature design on Krampus, except for the mask. I think the mask is kind of cool. I think it's I think it's very neat and creepy, but we'll talk a little bit later. I think it shouldn't have been there the whole time. Okay. Oh, I should have mentioned he's wearing a Santa Claus mask. <laughs> I didn't even know. I thought that was his freaking it face. It took me a couple times watching this movie to yeah, even I was like, realize looks- that. There's a moment later that really drives the point home that it's not his real face. Okay. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. Okay. All right. He opens a bag and Omi peers in as the toys inside scream and lunge up at her. Why Everything you, goes black. Why would you take yeah. part in your own murder? She's like, hmm. Yeah. You <laughs> what is in there? Maybe it is cookies. We meet again. <laughs> Outside, they all link arms and move through the wind and snow. In the distance, Tom sees the light from the snowplow. Behind them, a creature shrieks and Tom moves his family behind him to protect them. Now, I kind of like this arc for him because kind of through Howard, we kind of see him as a wimp at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. And then by the end, he's like, no, he bosses up. He's handling a gun. He's protecting his family. It's just like it was cool. Everyone kind of changes a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like atones almost. But uh, anyway. Something crawls under the snow, the same thing that had bitten Howard, and Tom shoots at it. He tells his family to leave without him and just keep driving. He tells them he loves them and hugs his wife and son as they reluctantly leave him. The snow thing rushes toward Tom, and he's unable to shoot it, and he runs out of ammo. He closes his eyes and accepts his fate before being pulled downward by the creature. I feel like he should have kissed Sarah instead of just giving her a hug. I completely agree. I totally agree. Right? That kind of, I was like... Like your buddies? Yeah, that's your wife, man. Bye, bro. (laughs) Get the snowplow, bro. Not only that, why would you just let it take you? I don't get that either. Hit it with the gun or do like... I feel like everyone in this movie is kind of ready to die. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) well, that's it. Just be over. Just be over. That's it. The rest of the group reaches the snowplow and suddenly Linda is pulled down by whatever's in the snow and screams at Sarah to get Stevie into the snowplow. She does, and then she goes to help her sister, but Linda is completely sucked under, just like Tom was. Knowing that she's next, again, Sarah just accepts it. She tells her son that she loves him before she is sucked into the snow as well. Now only Max and Stevie remain sitting in the snowplow. Now, just quickly, I want to touch on what I'm sure everybody else is thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had some pretty cool, I don't know if I should say deaths slash abductions, Mm-hmm. slash people being taken from the script or from the from the film mm-hmm. this last piece with the snow stuff kind of feels like okay we got to kill the rest of these motherfuckers yeah. now <laughs> we've got 10 minutes yeah <laughs> no honestly i i thought the same thing i'm like this immediate disappearance of all these adults even honestly howard's wasn't that great either he no, just because yeah. he's just gone yeah he just he rode the clown out of yeah. here stole aunt dorothy's death you know <laughs> he rode the coattails literally of her death I just feel like, I don't know, it kind of falls apart a little bit here for me because I think 
they deserved different things. Yeah. Right. Because even Tom's is just a rehash of what happened to fucking Howard. Honestly, you know, that's true. Because even if it was to happen back to back to back that way, they could have at least died in a different way. It's like, oh, the snow again. They're just gone. Remember that thing we established? Yeah. (laughs) It's bad. Yeah. So I agree. It's a lot. But anyway. Stevie sobs as Max tries to start the snow plow, which like I, okay, I was late. I didn't learn to drive until well into my 20s. <laughs> but this kid is what, like 10, yeah. 11? Max says the car won't start. And even if he did, he doesn't know how to drive this because they have a hybrid. So he's driven that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't. We have a hybrid. <laughs> but the elves show back up and just yank Stevie from the car. Max pushes the elf that was trying to take him off and it is sucked in by the snow. So I guess this snow thing does not discriminate. It's no. like, if you're here, I'm fucking just going to take you. I am hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Max gets out of the snowplow and calls after his cousin who is just being carried away in the distance. Suddenly, Krampus steps in front of him. Max looks up in fear as Krampus drops a crudely wrapped object in front of him. Max picks it up and unwraps it to realize that it's wrapped in his letter to Santa Claus, which, ouch. That's just extra. <laughs> yeah. You did this, by the yeah. way. Your fault. And the object inside is the same bell that Krampus had given Omi. We hear Omi's voice again saying that Krampus had left her a reminder of what happens when hope is lost, belief is forgotten, and the Christmas spirit dies. It fades to black. The next thing we see is Max trudging through the snow until he hears Stevie screaming for help. Now, he comes upon, I don't know if this is like a festival situation. Were they dancing? They were. (laughs) They were fucking partying. That was a long ass (laughs) night. (laughs) One of the hardest jobs we've ever done. We did it again. (laughs) You know, we had to do it again. But Krampus and his cohorts, like we said, are having a blast. And Max screams, hey, asshole. And they all stop their celebration and turn to look at him. Well, they hadn't counted on that. (laughs) That language is unnecessary. (laughs) Well, I guess with Omi, Krampus was just like, you did this, now deal with it, and bounced. You didn't expect the kid to come after him. Well, the party's a new thing they started. (laughs) (laughs) In silence, Krampus steps toward Max. Max tells him that he takes his wish back. He takes the bell and throws it at Krampus, screaming at him to give him back his family. Krampus growls, and the bell is sucked into the snow. Yeah. (laughs) It's hungry. (laughs) Everything begins to shake, and the ground cracks open, revealing, like, lava Mm -hmm. underneath. It splits open into a well between Max and Krampus. It, like, rises up in between them to, like, a volcano-type thing. It's pretty cool looking. It is cool It does. It looks cool. Krampus jumps on top of it, and Max climbs this new structure and goes toward him. The elves bring Stevie up to be sacrificed and Krampus hisses at them and they stop. Max appeals to Krampus, begging him to fix all of this and just give him his family back. He tells Krampus to take him instead. Krampus blinks at him from behind the Santa Claus mask and wipes a tear from Max's face. So first of all, he's like, what's this salty discharge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the <But> hell? <laughs> the other thing is that this is when, when we see his eyes move behind the mask, mm-hmm. that's when we're like, oh shit, it is a mask. That's not your face. But that's the point that I feel like he should have unmasked because it's like he's seeing something that he's never really seen before. And he's, he's like, like, let me get a let me show you some shit yeah. that you've never seen before. 
you know? So I, and I, maybe I'm just crazy. I would have liked to seen the real Krampus's face in a movie called Krampus. I agree. Yeah, I, I do see, think I the see. mask is creepy. So I don't wish that they didn't do the mask at all because no, I, I think it looks fucking cool. Yeah. I agree. I think the scene with Omi, use the mask and use it un, in the scene until this point and take okay. it off. Okay. But that's just me. I wouldn't mind that because I would like to see what they would have thought up for his face. Yeah. On the commentary, they said it was cocky to assume that they could create the definitive version of Krampus. Okay. And so I'm like, I get that. I'm not even mad at that. So I mean, but still, uh, there's plenty of art that shows him and all his goaty goodness. So I don't know. But then Krampus chuckles. And then the elves are like, nah, it's cool. The elves start <laughs> yeah. laughing too. They were concerned well, for a second. Well, because they fucking hissed at him. Like, yeah. dude, you've never <laughs> treated us this way. Especially not at the after party. I have to call the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie is thrown into the well and Max screams after her. Krampus grabs Max and holds him over the lava. Max apologizes, saying that all he wanted was for Christmas to be how it used to be. Krampus just fucking drops him. <laughs> <laughs> Max screams as he falls into the lava and then everything turns white. The white transitions into light coming through Max's bedroom window. Underneath his blankets, he screams and then falls off the bed. He looks outside to see the lights in the trees in his yard and the lights at the neighbor's houses are all on. He opens the last day on his advent calendar to reveal a picture of St. Nicholas and it's Christmas. Yeah. Also on his wall is a robot chicken and a Rick and Morty oh. poster. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even look at it. That's perfect. Part yeah. of their conditions. Oh, we'll be gingerbread yeah. men. But... We got to rep our stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes downstairs to find the whole family sitting in the living room on Christmas morning. Max sits between his parents and said that he had a bad dream. Omi serves everyone hot chocolate and tells her grandson Merry Christmas. Sarah and Linda begin handing out the gifts and Max is handed a gift and hugs both of his parents before opening it. And it's like a sweet moment. Mm -hmm. Inside the gift, though, is the bell from Krampus. He lifts it out of its box and it twinkles softly. Everyone stops smiling and looks at it with fear. We hear lines that everyone in the family said over the last two nightmarish days before we hear Omi's voice. And as he had for thousands of years, Krampus came not to reward, but to punish not to give, but to take. Christmas music plays on a record and the fire burns as everyone sits in a fearful and uneasy silence. We pan out of their window and out of a snow globe that contains their house. The snow globe is surrounded by dozens of others in a candlelit lair. We continue to pan out until all of Krampus's helpers jump into the frame and then leap toward us. And then that's Krampus. But it was brought to my attention last night I guess I already knew this, but I kind of thought that we were all on the same page, that there's kind of a dichotomy in how you can take that ending. Um, I take it as they were given a second chance, but Krampus is like, y'all better watch your asses because I'm watching you. Like, this is how he's keeping track. Right. I That's the one I subscribe to as well. Okay. I do not. Okay. <laughs> can you explain yours? Um, I feel like, of course, him being like, I want to take it back. That's not the way it works. But he, I don't want to say insulted Krampus, but he's like, you know what I mean? Like, he was like, hey, you know what are you doing? He you called fucker him an or asshole. Yeah. yeah. He did call him an asshole. So I'm, you know, I take it as Krampus was like, oh, you just want to be with your family? Guess what? You can join them. So he got a twofer. Yeah. Is what JP thinks. So, but Christmas morning isn't a punishment. But they were Chris, all no, happy. But he, he's got to live it over and over again. He's stuck now. It doesn't. It's not special anymore. I mean, that's what the, do you get out of that's it? That's a sadder ending. For it's sure. a much sadder ending. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think my thing is that they all kind of atone for everything they did wrong. They do. And so it's really fucked up for them to be like, you know what? Guess what? You're in hell now forever. Yeah. That's your punishment. Omi just ate it. She was just like, well, my parents are dead. Max went after him and he was like, no, fucking take me. He tried to make the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, but Omi survived. She left it alone and was like, hey, they whatever. (laughs) And none of my business. (laughs) I also saw an alternate ending, though, that I feel like bolsters my opinion Uh... a little bit more. It's the same thing. Max unwraps the bell and Omi and him lock eyes like, yeah. But nobody else notices. They all keep laughing and enjoying Christmas. And then it pans out of the house, but it doesn't pan out of a snow globe. See? Well, I think it's just Omi and Max fucking met the dude. You know what I think? I, so they, I, think I think the studio is probably like, well, we want to see Krampus's workshop and we want to see <laughs> one more time those creatures. How can we fit this on there? Exactly. Jump at us, yeah. which was cheese, but yeah. whatever. I, I'm not a big fan of those <laughs> final scene jump scares. Yeah. yeah. So I have to ask, what did you guys think of Krampus? I like this movie. Like you said at the beginning, fun. It's a lot of fun and it's good. And like I said, that I can't say how, again, how perfect I feel the cast fits. The aunt, yeah. the grandma. Yeah. The, like, so good. Even the little, even the kids, just the yeah. little bit yeah. players. It's, It was great. Everything fit perfect. It didn't seem like somebody got too much more screen time than the other one. Very or true. somebody was funnier than the other one. Or they were, you know what I mean? Everybody was like meshed perfectly. And it was great. I know I agree definitely. A thing about the performances is I heard on the commentary that all the kids except for Max are from New Zealand. What? Yeah, and so they're doing a great job. Holy shit. Yeah. And the performances aside, the effects are great. Oh yeah. The mesh of practical and CGI effects. Chef's kiss. Michael Doherty is just very good at that. Yes. It's fantastic. But I think this is a great movie, you know, good Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. If I Horror for all seasons. Let's, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. My only issue is where it kind of falls apart in the third act. Yeah, which is it's yeah. fair. But I think that the first two acts are pretty strong. And I like it a lot. I love it. Like I said, I watch it every every year, um, at least a couple times. But uh, I will agree with what you said, like I said, about them kind of, it kind of feeling rushed. Yeah. Like, oh, we have 30. They oh, need to shit. die now. Yeah. Uh, but... I feel like everything leading up until then and then even the ending kind of makes up for that little period of time that's like, come on, dude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love this movie. It has, it's a staple for me. So ratings. <laughs> now, movies like this, for me, it's a little difficult because my love for it may overshadow what is actually <laughs> a good score for it. But here I go. Um <laughs> And I love this movie. <laughs> so, Do you? <laughs> did I say that yet? I, I love uh, it. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so on a scale from one to ten murderous gingerbread men, <laughs> I'm going to graciously and with love give Krampus eight murderous gingerbread men out of ten. And I will now open up the floor. That's a pretty good score. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that I was going to get roasted. <laughs> no, I I like this movie. And like we already said, the cast, the effects, the like, I didn't know half of that shit you said about really? half no, that. That makes CGI it even better. It's insane. Yeah, that, that makes, makes it, even it way better. better because it's like, I couldn't tell. Yes. So you did a damn good job. <laughs> like for real. I, 
I think the only thing that would have been better is if they would have broke out in song and then he would have like yelled at the wife about it. You know what I mean? No. Like like they do in Step Brothers. Oh, okay. I was You don't confused. even look good while you're singing. Yeah, sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. I really like Step Brothers. No. I, it Who took doesn't? me a second. But that's but, an incredible reference. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, it it is. It's a smart movie. It's fun. It's it's great to watch. And the only I can like honestly, the only downside I can say, and it's not even a downside, but it's it's not like scary. You know, True. it's, it's no, not. Krampus is is good and no, creepy. Though. He is the cramp the character like the whole myth and the whole thing behind it is really, you know, you can get crazy with it. Oh but yeah. This movie is. Fun, mm-hmm. you know, it's it is something to watch, and we do watch it every, you know, around the holidays and whatnot. But uh, with that being said, I'm really close to where you're at <laughs> on a scale from one to ten. Murderous gingerbread men. I'm gonna give Krampus. I can't go high as eight, <laughs> but I'll meet you with the seven point five. All right, very fair. I agree with everything you guys said. It's just a great movie Mm -hmm. you know it's really good i think my only issue is like i said that final act yeah i feel like it's just kind of it's not like it's thrown together or whatever it's just seems very rushed it 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 feels rushed you know and also maybe it's just a personal thing but i i wanted to see that goat man's face (laughs) i wanted to see krampus's face but not to repeat everything i already said about the good elements there are Mm -hmm. a lot of great elements it is a staple i watch it every single december yeah but i think i'm gonna have to agree with jp and I'm going to give Krampus 7.5 murderous gingerbread men out of 10. All fair. Yeah. And like, it, it's, it's a it's fucking great. blast. It is. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. But say like the rushing it, it's kind of like, it's, yeah, <laughs> they just kind of take it. All right. Just yeah. take me. Like, like, well, mm, I'm ready to die. I don't care. Yeah. Right. They're all just millennials. kill me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Krampus and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, think twice before you make that wish. Someone might just make it come true. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for our shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Scary Christmas. Yeah, scary (laughs) Christmas, everyone. Uh, Yes, and happy horror days again. We're trying to. (laughs) Yeah. All inclusive. Horror cut. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to speak for everyone here. (laughs) So a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huesden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Gary Fender, Jordan Nash, and Kent and Allison Morton. Thank you guys so, so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. We can't say enough how much your support means to us. It allows us to continue to do this. And we could not tell you how much we enjoy delivering this content to you every week. Yes. Thank you guys for the love. This It means more to us than you really know. Yes. Seriously. And we're happy to keep making the show as long as we don't cramp us your style. <laughs> 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 <Well> <laughs> <played>. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>